welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the site, Kai Carlin, and I got my guy with me, Cameron Fields. Cam, what's going on, my guy? How you been? Man, I've been pretty good. I want to have, you know, full disclosure here. I was writing the story today on Shea Gilders Alexander signing with Converse, and I was today years old when I found out Nike owns Converse. You didn't know that? No. I get, I, they, they bought them in 2003, and I'm just – I'm 17 years late, man. Cam, how old are you? How old are you? 23. I oh. did not know this until today. Today, years old, when he found out Nike bought Converse. Come on, man. Well, I thought Converse was Converse. No, nah, man, they're owned by Nike. Like everybody knows that. Like, like that's why that's why Dwayne Wade started rocking the, those shoes in the 06 finals. I had no clue. Damn, you really do hate to see it. Come on, Cam. Come on. Also, before 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 we officially really get into this podcast, anybody know that Batman's villains are terrible. Just absolutely terrible. I'm just gonna leave it at that. And if you want to debate me, you can hit me up on Twitter, Kai underscore Carlin. Let's get into Don't it. Don't do it. No, please do it. I, I want all the smoke. I want it all. Give it to me. Let, let, let's get into it. Now, now let's get into the actual basketball portion of this podcast. As everybody knows, the Philadelphia 76ers are one of the 22 teams getting set to head down to Orlando to resume the 2019-20 season, which has been suspended since March 11th due to the global coronavirus pandemic. Now. Cam, Joel Embiid is a guy who it has to lead the way and be at his dominant best if the Sixers even have right. a shot at winning a championship down in Orlando uh, in these upcoming playoffs. But Joel's not really about, like, the whole team chemistry thing. Like, he, Joel is a guy who is who would rather much rather stay inside the house and play video games and kind of not, not really be around his teammates and around people. He's more of a reserved type of guy who – would much rather be with his family and his girlfriend, play some video games, go to the arena, play a game, and come back. Now, he had an interesting comment yesterday about that, basically saying that that's what practice is for. That's what games are for. This isn't the first time we're playing together. But, Cam, there was an obvious disconnect on the floor with, with the Sixers a lot this season in terms of chemistry. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he has, you know, definitely a point with, you know, that's what practice is for, that's what games are for. But also going off of that, um, there, there are ways to build chemistry off the floor as well. Um, you know, like everyone is their own person. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a reserved person, you know, people don't necessarily like to go out all the time. Um, I'm like that as well, but I think that at times you, you do kind of like need to build that off the floor, um, chemistry with people where like, you know, hang out with some teammates every now and then maybe play some video games with them. And, and just kind of build that rapport where it's like, you know, where it's like more than basketball, where you know someone outside the scope of your work, outside the scope um, of what you're doing. Now, I guess on the flip side of this, if you really look at the, you know, general workforce, if you look at industries outside of basketball, could you say the same thing? Um, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure because it's like, I mean, do I really hang out with, do, you, do people really hang out with their coworkers like all the time or like even some of the time? Um, does that, does that happen? I, I don't think that that really needs to happen in some industries where you have to hang out with your coworkers, but 
again, it can be good, you know, company bonding time, um, like company retreats, things like that. So it can be good to learn a person in another space that doesn't involve work. Um, but I see where he's coming from, where it's like, hey, I just want to do my own thing, chill, and things like that. Now, me personally, I'm one of those guys who would much rather be in rather than go out. Like, because, yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, I can definitely identify with, with Joel here, but at the same time, Cam, to your point, if you really want to build that chemistry and build it to where, you know, you know each other like the back of your hand, you got to be able to kind of get some time outside of work to kind of know. Yeah, each like other a happy over. medium. Yeah, something like that. Like, like that's why I, I believe Dwayne Wade and LeBron James worked out as well as they did. Because not only were they terrific basketball players, the two of them were best friends off the floor. And it, it kind of just seemed that, like, the two of them knew what the other was thinking before he even said it. And, yeah. and with the Sixers, you don't really get that vibe with this team. Now, obviously, chemistry on the floor it, it can be built through practice, like playing with a guy knowing his tendencies, learning what he likes to do. But in terms of chemistry and, and the way of like kind of knowing each other, liking each other, I feel like you have to have at least some type of relationship off the floor. Right. You have to go to the clubs every night. I'm not saying we got to go get drunk and get lit every night. Like, hey, let's go. What I'm saying is, though, at least go to dinner or something with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, go to and movies. Yeah, exactly. I to go back to your point on D Wade and LeBron. It doesn't even have to be on to that level where you're best friends. Like you don't have to be best friends, but like you said, go to the movies, go to the arcade or whatever, right. or go um uh the sky zone or something like that. I don't know. Um <laughs> just go just like go hang out for a little bit and you know, just get to learn about more a little bit about the other person that doesn't involve basketball, doesn't involve playing basketball. Cause I know, like, for any team, um, you know, especially, like, high school teams, if you ever hear about, like, a high school team having bad chemistry, it's like, well, how does that happen? Like, you guys go to school to, with each other. Like, you, you've known right. each other for a while. Like, how does that happen? You don't need to be best friends, but um, you should be, like, hanging out, like, playing video games and stuff like that. Uh, so it's like, you know, it, it is important to have that happy medium where, you know, you don't have to be best friends, but you should probably be like chilling with each other every now and then. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the, the Sixers get out of Orlando. At least it's like, huh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to put this because even though they're going to be together, they still have to kind of be apart in a way just because right. you still have to try to, you know, maintain social distancing and kind of go from there. But I feel like this time in this bubble in Orlando can be, like really beneficial for them because all they're going to have is e each other. Um, yeah. And then, you know, if, if they, if they happen to get past round one, which we don't even know at this point, they might lose round one, then they can have their families with them in, inside the bubble. And, and, you know, that can definitely help. But the big thing is though, like this team has a clear disconnect on the floor between Joe and, and, and Ben and Al. And, and that, um, and that seems more basketball related though, too. You think I don't so? think that's I don't think that's necessarily um, like it's a chemistry problem, but it's a it's a thing. We're going back to what where Joel, Joel said it's it's a um, thing where it's like they don't know each other basketball wise. I don't think they really. Um, and then two with the fit, uh, the fit just isn't really there. Um, this is a you know a roster yeah, made up of players that that just do not 
fit together at all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, going, I guess, segueing into our, our next topic, the Al Horford, uh, Joel Embiid um, kind of pairing yeah. uh, that, 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 that can work, but you know, they've talked about having, you know, basically two different teams to, you know, really maximize both of their talents. And I feel like that's needed because they can't really play together that well. They really can't. I mean, defensively, you know, they're great. According to cleaningtheglass.com, the Embiid and Horford, that duo has a defensive rating of 102 and a half, which is good for the 96th percentile. Their offensive rating, 101.1, which is just in the fifth percentile. I'm going to repeat that. Defensively, they're in the 96th percentile. Offensively, that duo has 101.1, fifth fifth percentile offensively it's not good at all so but Joel mentioned yesterday he said uh I don't see any problems basketball is a game and you need to figure out figure it out if something's going on and I don't believe that I believe it's just a matter of everybody buying in and being able to play their role uh the pairing with Al I feel like has been fine at times it could be better everybody on the court has to has a job and you have to have shooters around who are willing to shoot the ball now I don't know if that's a dig at Ben I don't but, think that. No, that's. I don't think that's really anything. Because Ben is on, not. Cam, humor me here. Humor me. No, because it's not. It's not. Ben Simmons is not seen as a shooter. Like if okay, <laughs> if he was if he was Furkan Korkmaz, right, and he didn't shoot, then okay, then that would be like a dig because Furkan Korkmaz is a shooter. Ben right. Simmons is not a shooter. So like. I know. Darn it. I tried to cause a controversy there. Hey, you, you reach it. You reach it. Uh, Cam, let, let me reach, bro. Just let me reach every once in a while, man. Like, ah. Cam, you are the only person who doesn't feed into my trolling, and I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, don't, I, will not, I won't stand for it. I can't stand it. Like, just, oh, feed into it a little bit. Uh-huh. Anywho, anywho. Um, I mean, I get your point. I mean, but, and, and I've said it on here before, Ben does to but does have to at least come back with a mid-range shot at least in my opinion like not not okay. even not not even like a three-point shot the three-point shot I feel like will come he's made two this year and, and uh, even though two isn't exactly anything great it, it shows that he's willing at least the big thing is he's got to be able to at least be a threat from mid-range and be able to space the floor that way for Joel and Al to work now Brett now, Brett Brown had a comment. He, he actually kicked off the Sixers media availability on July 1st. And Brett said that he would really like to have Ben roll. And that's going to be his yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's good. He would much rather have that spacing. But at that point, if you're going to have Ben roll, then again, you're asking Joel and Al to come out and shoot threes. And Brett has maintained this all year. He wants Al Horford taking four five threes a night, which I'm not entirely sure if, if, if that's really going to work that way. Yeah. Well, the thing is, see, going back, I, I like uh, having Ben roll, but Me too. I think that the only way that works is if you have, you have to bench out Horford. I think that, that they have no choice but to do that. They have so if you, if you have Ben roll, you have to bench out Horford because the spacing still isn't going to work because Joel Embiid is not that good of a three-point shooter. Right. He's capable, but he's not great. And Al Horford is not having the best year of three-point shooting. He has shot the ball well in previous years, but this year he's not 
having his best year. Um, but to have that, you need and you would need to bring in Shake Milton or Matisse Stiebel to be that um, you know ball handler where where Simmons could be that the foreman. So I, I think that for the role for Ben Simmons to work as a roller, you you'd have to you know bench out Horford. I think you have no choice but to do that at this point for, think, for the Sixers to have success. I, I agree, and, and and I think that they will bench Al, and I believe they're going to turn to Shake. Uh, Shake. Shake was actually asked uh, the other day, like, you know, how are you looking forward to playing with Ben? Because you got to remember, even though Shake had that had those crazy games going into league suspension, everybody forgets that he was doing that without Ben, uh, without Joel. And now we're going to have to kind of see if Shake can at least keep up the same type of production, at least shooting wise with Ben and Joel coming back. Now, in the final 20 games heading into the league suspension, Shake Milton shot, I think, 51.2 percent from deep. Something ridiculous like that over the final 20 games. Over the final nine games, that number jumped to over 60% from three-point range. Now, the question is going to become, can he at least shoot over and break around the 40 to 44% from three-point range with Ben and Joe and Tobias uh, demanding the ball too? Because we have to remember, Tobias has to be able to get his shots as well. And he's also going, and Shake's also going to have to run the pick and roll with Ben. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this all works out. This is why this upcoming playoffs for Philadelphia, to me, is so interesting. Not just for Brett Brown's job, but for how Joel and Al are going to work, how is Shake going to fit in. There's a lot of different questions that the Sixers have to answer uh, when, they, when they head down to Orlando. And I, I believe they start August 1st against the Indiana Pacers. There's a lot of questions there. It's going to be a lot of very, very intriguing to watch. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you were talking about, Shake, I don't think he has to shoot that high where it's like 43%, 40, or even like 40 I think he has to. Oh, that, I mean, that's very high even like on any team. Like that's hard to do. I that's know. hard to do. Completely understand. It definitely hard. And, and Shake's not J.J. Redick. But, yeah. but, the, but like the point is, I mean, if, if you can get him around that, that percentage, then that just – it makes the offense – Yeah blow just a little bit better and if you can start ben shake josh tobias and joe then you've got three really good shooters there tobias shake and josh is a better shooter than what he's shown i'm gonna say this right now josh richardson yeah, sure. is, is, is better than the 32 percent you know shooting from deep that he's shown so far this year so josh is another one if you can get him around 36 37 38 percent from deep you're again, you're in a much better position than you were heading into the suspension. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Josh Richardson, yeah, definitely I agree. Better shooter than what he's shown this season. Um, I think that more realistic is around that 36, 37 number, maybe even 35, 38, I think is asking a little bit too much considering what he's been at this season. Um, and Shake Milden, I think a little bit more realistic, uh, is anywhere from 37 to 40. Uh 40 to 44 uh seems like a lot. Um, because like I said, that's hard to do. If you're doing that on any team, then you're, you're in a different stratosphere of, of shooters. Like that, that's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Kyle Korver, like you said, JJ Reddick kind of numbers. There's only a few guys like that in the league who can, who can really shoot at that kind of level. I just don't think that shakes, uh, three point shooting numbers. I don't think that they're a mirage. Like obviously. Oh yeah. Not- no, no, they're not. Yeah. Yeah, like obviously he's not going to shoot 
sixty percent from deep, like like over a long yeah. range, like like that that's just completely impossible. Right. But, but I feel like like obviously that number is going to drop. But if he can maintain it, I feel like he can maintain it in the forty to forty four range. But at the same time, Cam, to your point, thirty seven to forty is not bad either. Like like if if he can keep that around that number, which I, I think is totally realistic, the thirty seven to forty. But I feel like the 40 to 44 number is probably a percentage where, I mean, if Milton can get there, then I feel like that changes a lot of things for Philadelphia offensively, just in terms of spacing the floor. For sure. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I mean, because it allows just Ben Simmons to have basically maximum space to work. Um, It gives the Sixers, I mean, really, it boosts the Sixers offense in a way that, that it hasn't, you know, the whole season. So that could definitely be the game changer. But to, to have that kind of reliance on the shooting where, um, you know, your offense is that bad, where you, where you need the shooting to be um, so, so effective. I, I feel like that's just asking a lot at this point. And I don't, I don't think that the, I don't, I don't think the Sixers are really going to do much in these playoffs. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't think they're really going to do a whole lot. But, well, uh, well, I mean, neither <laughs> do I. So, I mean, we're, 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 same page here. I do. I listen. I I maintain they'll beat Boston. I'm going to maintain that. I'm I'm, I'm going. I'm not, right. I'm not going to say five games anymore. I'm going to push it up to six just just because of of, of Tatum and and how and and Jalen Brown too, who I absolutely love, and and Kemba. But All right. But I still think Philadelphia beats them just because of the size. Like I'm not trusting Ennis Canner and Daniel Tice. To, to try to guard Joel and Al. I'm just not. Um, if they play Miami, I think they'll beat Miami too, but I feel like it'd be a lot more tougher. Oh, no. You were Miami. just talking about how they can't – you were talking about a while ago how they can't beat Miami zone, and that would be very tough, like insanely tough. And that's why I'm saying seven games. Like, like I would say that – I'm going to say that They're series goes seven games. Miami. You don't think so? No. I Here's could the- maybe see Boston. Here's but Boston the thing. have to be seven games. It had to be seven games for me. Here's the thing, Cam. They can lose to both those teams. I wouldn't be surprised. This is why it's so hard to really predict I mean, what Philadelphia's yeah. going to do. It's going to be so hard to predict what Philadelphia's really going to do come these playoffs because, I mean, Cam, they can beat Miami. They can beat Boston. They can beat Indiana. Doesn't and mean they will. Doesn't mean and, they will. And, you know, like, like they'll give Milwaukee and Toronto definitely a battle. But – they're not beating Toronto. They're not beating Milwaukee. And the other three teams I just mentioned, Miami, Boston, and Indiana, are, you know, whatever type teams at this point. The only team that I could see them, like, in, in terms of the matchup, like, you know, maybe happening right, is, is Indiana. Ooh, like, only Indiana. That's the only team I can, like, <laughs> certainly see them be, beating. Only Indiana? You, like, you really can't yes. see them beating Miami or Boston? Not without any – like, with confidence, they can beat Indiana. Like, they would beat Indiana. I mean, but, I, I mean I, to be honest with you, I can't say any confidence in any of my picks with Philadelphia right now. They're such a weird team to read, Cam. It's been so tough to really understand where this team is going to go. But if I had to, if I had to say a pick, I feel like they're, they're going to finish fifth because, obviously, Indiana is going to be without Victor Oladipo. That could be without Malcolm Brogdon to start the Orlando restart. So then that means they're probably going to play Miami. Yeah. So to that point, they're going to lose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say my. I'm going to say Philadelphia in seven, and I'm going to lean on Joel 
and like the experience that I'm not going to lean on Al Horford's playoff intangibles too. I'm going to kind of lean on that, you know, is going to tear them up for them to beat Miami. And also another thing I've been thinking about Cam, Jimmy Butler is going to be bloodthirsty. Like Jimmy's going to want to like tear their entire heads off. So that's another thing that like you really have to consider for them playing the heat. But then after that, Cam, let's just say they get past Miami. Guess who they're playing in the semifinals? Giannis and the Bucks. So that's an L. There's your season right there. And then we'll all be writing Brett Brown obituaries and looking back on his career with uh, this time coaching the Philadelphia 76ers because there's no doubt that he would be fired uh, once they lose to the Bucks. So um, speaking of the playoffs and Orlando and this bubble and everything, um, we're going to kind of end the podcast today is talking with the talking about the Sixers kind of mindset so far going into this bubble cam the only guys who have stepped up and been like yeah basketball let's get back to work Ben and really Norvell Pell so far have been the only guys to be like yeah let's go let's go I want to play um the other guys have basically been like the team wanted to play so I'm gonna play I'm not gonna let my teammates know Joel even came out and said, yo, I hated this idea. I'm not about this. I don't want to do this, but I'm not going to let the city of Philadelphia down. I'm not going to let my teammates down. So I'm going to Orlando. So do you think, Cam, that that type of mindset will seep onto the court and maybe affect their play a little bit? Just be like, okay, I want to get this over with and go home. I don't know. I feel like definitely the first week is going to be the most important week. And And that's for all teams. Because it's like, okay, how many cases have happened in this first week? And how – because, I mean, look, the Nets have already had, what, three players have it, and they're not coming – DeAndre Jordan, Din- Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, and now Torian Prince. Prince. Yeah. It's three players. And then you also have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving not coming as an injury, and, Nick, and uh, Nicholas Claxton also not coming. And Wilson Chandler was like, I'm just not playing. So, like – that's one team that already has a significant amount of players that will not be coming to Orlando. And when you go to Orlando, I mean, when you go to Florida, particularly, you know, the whole state is in a bad, is bad shape right now. It's one of the worst areas in the whole world for COVID-19 cases. And it's like, I mean, that first week, man, is going to be important because if you, if they see a lot of cases in that first week, I mean, like, how can they really go on? I completely understand. Like, the way I see it is, like, there, there are going to be more positive cases th- than, what, than what everybody is thinking right now. There are going to be more, like, like, not just for Brooklyn, but there's going to be more for a lot of different teams. Right now, Philadelphia, as we record this podcast, Sixers don't have any cases. They've got zero. Uh, I believe Boston, and I believe Boston has zero cases, too. The Celtics did. And to my knowledge, the Heat really only have two. They, had, they got Derek Jones Jr. And there was one other unnamed player. You know, the way I'm going to see the world is as long as the cases don't spike, which I don't believe they will, the, the Major League Soccer teams have been in the, the Orlando bubble as well. And to my knowledge, they're starting today, July 8th. And they're okay so far. There have been like a, like a less than 1% rate or something like that. So I'm going to trust the bubble. Hopefully the rest of the guys on that NBA and, and, that, and that bubble, you know, take the correct steps and keeping themselves safe and being respectful of others and, and things of that nature. But Cam, I mean, you have to at least try. 
Like that's yeah. my that's my thing. Try. That's my thing. Like if they try and then like the cases spike and whoever gets in, blah, 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 and, and it just runs rampant, then listen, you cancel it and you say, well, at least we tried. And then you kind of move on to the next thing. The big thing, Cam, and this is what I've read from like a lot of different players and outlets and things. If this doesn't succeed, we might not even get a 2020-21 season. You, and, I'm and- telling you. Yeah, like the way the country is going right now, like this is worse than when we started. Like as a country, I'm like in terms of handling it. Yeah, like there, there's a lot like going this on. This has gotten really bad. Uh, like, 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 listen, like, like, there's a lot, a lot going on right, right now in America between the virus and you know the Black Lives Matter movement and the timing. The timing of this all sucks. Uh, Shake Milton came out and said that the timing is unfortunate, but I'm I'm ready to go to war with with my teammates. Like, like, come on, like, like, let, let's go hoop. Like, it's very clear that these guys are a little apprehensive. You know, these guys have families and Mike Scott, Mike Scott's a father. Al Horford is a father. Kylo Quinn is a father as well. So, I mean, I mean, listen, there's going to be a lot going into this bubble, um, but I'm going to continue to trust it and, and, and hope that the league kind of does the best, it, the best it can to kind of make sure that, Everybody's safe. Uh, Glenn Robinson III and Milton have said, "Hey, it's not it's not a perfect idea, but in today's world, it, it, it's this is going to be as perfect as it gets." I'm, I'm going to be very interested to kind of see how how this all plays out. I mean, it's straight up, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully things can work out. Uh, you know, hopefully all the precautions are are taken as much as possible and. Everyone stays safe because it is, you know, a very crazy time right now um, in this country. So hopefully everyone just stays safe and healthy in the Orlando bubble. Yeah, and, 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 not, and to be honest with you, Joel said he doesn't trust um, the other guys. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair opinion. Which kind of shocked me a little bit because, I mean, Joel is a guy who obviously he just kind of wants to sit in his room and he'll probably just play video games when the Sixers aren't playing or practicing or whatever. But it's going to be just very difficult. It's going to be very hard for a lot of these guys. I mean, we all saw Troy Daniels post his food. The food. They said, though, that food, that the food is not going to last. Like, that kind of food is not going to be, be long term, though. I did see Mark Stein tweet that out, which then Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell was confused as to, like, how Mark Stein knew. He was like, how, how do you know? So. Yeah. So I, I I thought that was funny. So it's gonna be um it's gonna be very interesting, man. Like this whole situation is going to just be very fluid. There's gonna be something new each and every day. But Cam, have you been have you been watching the TPT tournament at all? Uh, I caught a little bit of it. Um, and it's like that now that they really don't they they really don't need to be playing because I'm like, bruh, it's one million dollars. And you have to, I mean, I know it's okay, like, and you have to split it. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm playing, a lot of those guys are overseas players. Right. So it's like, it's like, I'm playing overseas. I mean, yeah, you could, you could risk your season, overseas season anyway, regardless because of injury playing in the T in TBT. But think about it like this. It's like, okay, what if we lose, we don't win the 1 million and I get sick. Like, 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 what are we playing? Like, what are we playing for? Like, if you're TV, like, you know what I mean? 
it's just like, what's the purpose? Like, honestly, honestly, this is actually my first time ever even hearing about the TP2 tournament. It's been a it's been a great tournament in past years. I'm saying this year, it's like really like, yeah. like you know. I mean, honestly, it's like like the point I was trying to make with the TBT tournament is, I mean, clearly it's really working for them, at least to my knowledge. I think they sent two teams home because uh, a guy had a positive test for coronavirus, but yeah, it, like the whole thing's really been working for them. They just they go from the hotel back, they play, they go home, they shower at the hotel, they don't shower in the arena, and, and you know, so for the most part, it's been going on for I think uh, a week now. It's been going on for a week. Yeah, and it's in Columbus. It's happening in Columbus. I, 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 uh, I don't know. I mean, me personally, I'd be like, I ain't playing. Because, like, <laughs> I'm like, I am not trying to come out here, miss out on the one million. That's bad enough. Like, not get the one million and not win. Right. And then also get sick. Like, dude, you know? I mean... I mean, listen, it, it, it is what it is. It, it, it is what it is. So I, I feel like the TBT tournament, I feel like that that has set up a good example for how I believe the bubble is going to work out. And I believe that a lot of this stuff is going to be worked out as, you know, as we go on. And yeah. and uh, a, a lot of this stuff is going to be very fluid. This is this whole thing. Like, it's so exasperating and exhausting to really talk about because – there are so many unknowns, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, Cam, you don't know. We, we just, we really don't. And, you know, you have to just kind of sit back, watch, pray, hope it works. And, uh, you know, then, then we can kind of move on with society, move on with life a little bit. Like, e- even with baseball, like, you know, baseball's getting set to start July 23rd. Yeah. And, again, with, with no fans. And you just, you, you kind of, you go from there. It's going to be just very really something to keep an eye on and, and keep a watch on and, and kind of see how, how everything works out. It's going to be um, just v- really fluid. And I can't blame any of the Sixers players for ha- being apprehensive or anything like that. So you just, you have to hope that as a Sixers fan for the fans out there, you have to hope that their mindset, like their apprehensive mindset doesn't seep onto the court because if it does, then yeah, you're, you're getting bounced round one because no, 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 you, you don't. Yeah. Thing, thing is though, I like, those eight seeding games, that's about to be like preseason for a lot of teams. I feel like that's about to be like preseason. Yeah. You know, because it's like, okay, a lot of the team, other than what, yeah, the Nets and the Magic, you know, I mean, obviously the Trailblazers, uh, the Nets and the Magic, they haven't clinched. And then the Wizards, they they have no chance. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, <laughs> the Wizards should not be going. I didn't think the, the Wizards, Wizards have no chance. I didn't, I didn't think the Wizards should be going to begin with. But the fact that, like, we are – that we're talking about the Wizards without Bradley Beal, who's out with a shoulder injury. They're going to be without Davis oh, Bertans. Davis yeah. and, and, Cam, who do you think they're – who do you think Washington's best player is going down to Orlando? Who's their best player right now? I'm telling you, it's Rui Hachimura. Wrong. According to stats, Ish Smith. Ish Smith. The process champion is going to lead the Wizards to the eighth seed because Brooklyn is going to be led by freaking Chris Chiazza. So we're going to no. go. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Yep. Karis LeVert? Karis LeVert? Did you, have you forgotten? Oh, I forgot about Karis LeVert. I actually did. Low key. Actually, high key. High key forgot Karis LeVert. See, you didn't do. I wrote a whole article yesterday about how Karis LeVert is basically going to take like 20 shots. He's going to take 40 shots. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be... 
probably a little bit more because this Cam. was before Tory Prince got, got out. Cam, Karis LeVert's going to have to go into full-fledged Allen Iverson 2001 MVP mode and take like 30, 40 shots a game and try to like lift hey. Brooklyn. It's going to be absolutely wild. Cam, final thoughts today, man. Man, so going back to when we started, I'm just glad I, – I, I'm embarrassed, rather, that I found out that Nike owns Converse. Damn like, it. As a, as, as a hooper, I'm just, like, embarrassed. But, hey, these things happen. And also, <laughs> Adidas is better. But, um, oh. you know, I, I'm just embarrassed that I was just finding I found, out, found this out today. Hey, man, you were today years old. You learn something new every day. My final sure. thought, again, Batman's villains, trash. Batman the superhero, trash. Meet up with me on Twitter, at Kai underscore Carlin. Let's get into it. So with that being said, for Cameron Fields, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.